the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Stand Up For Jesus with your host, Craig Nedro, founder of Craig Nedro Ministries and Stand Up For Jesus. Our focus is to reach out to the lost and witness about the transforming power of Jesus Christ and calling on others to stand up for Christ and His Word, proclaiming that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. And now, Standing Up For Jesus, here's Craig Nedro. Welcome to the program. This is Stand Up For Jesus, and my name is Craig Nedro. I want to talk about a kind of a, if you want to call it a Bible buffet today, about several different topics. I want to look at some scripture. Um, I want to talk about a couple of things I've talked about recently, one of them being the fact that I have a, a my second book being ready to be published. Um, also that we recently did a teaching, and I actually preached la- uh, very recently on AI and the phenomenon of artificial intelligence, and I want <clears throat> to talk a little bit about that. Look about look at that a little bit from a, a biblical viewpoint. But I want to start out kind of talking about things that are going on right now in in not just in America. You know, we're becoming more and more of a global society, and you know that's one of the uh, an additional sign that we're living in the very last days is becoming more and more of a global society from the viewpoint of um, from an economic viewpoint, from a political viewpoint, from a a worldwide. There's a couple of different uh, organizations. One's called the World Economic Forum. Uh, Another one is called the World Health Organization. Uh, There is a real push to make us a global society uh, much stronger than we than has been in existence in the in in the past, and it's accelerating right now. And so, what sometimes when I talk about what's going on in the world, and I talk about what's going on in America, those are almost one in in, in of in, in of themselves. And so, I want to I want to start out the program talking a little bit about that. <clears throat> and in one of the chapters in my book that that's getting ready to be published, Lord willing, is. Uh, one of the chapters is called "We've Lost Our Minds," and I know many of you listening to this program, as as you as if you watch what's going on in the news, and I want to make a comment about that here in a second. But if you watch and listen to what's going on in the new, in the news around the nation, there's just times you got to just shake your head and think we we've literally lost our minds in this country, and we're seeing things happening happening in our nation right now that are just crazy. I don't know how else to say it. They're just crazy. They don't make any sense. Uh, and and we've lost our moral bearings. We've lost our spiritual bearings. Um, the country is in decline in so many different areas. And I, I, I saw a, I, I watch a lot of different types of news. And I, I will tell you that the fact that you're even listening to this program, it, de- it probably doesn't surprise you, but I am a conservative I am a uh, Bible-believing Christian. 
I believe God's word is always right. I believe God's word is always true. No matter what society says, no matter what the media says, God's word is the final authority. And that's where I go to when I need to, when I hear something that I think, oh, let me check that out. Always my first source that I'm going to go to and the ultimate plumb line of truth is going to be the word of God. And so as we're witnessing a couple of the things that are going on right now, first of all, uh, let me talk just a, a minute about the division in the country. Um, I am 66 years old, and I don't think I've ever seen a time in my lifetime where the nation is more divided than it is right now. There is such a um, a division between, you can call it left versus the right, you can call it Republican versus Democrat, you can call it conservative versus progressive, whatever you want to call it. We are a divided nation, and it says in Amos chapter 3, verse 3, can two walk together if not in agreement? And I can tell you that the left and the right or the conservative and the progressive, again, whatever you want to call it, we are so far apart. And I would love to tell you that I think that we're going to, that one side or the other or both sides are going to have a kumbaya moment and come together and go, okay, you know what? We think we realize we were wrong over here on this, and you guys are right, and we hope you guys will acknowledge that you're wrong on this and that we were right. Let's meet in the middle. I don't see any evidence at all of that happening, and I also don't see any evidence of the the left or the progressives um, softening their stance on what they want to do with society, on what they want to do with world events, on what they want to do uh, in the area of um, morals and values, uh, they and, and and listen as a conservative Bible believing Christian, I can't compromise, and we can't. Even though some of us have compromised in certain areas, we we can only compromise to a certain level, and we we cannot compromise to the level of what the left is wanting us to compromise to right now. If you are, then and I don't mean this in a critical or a mean way, but if you if you find yourself agreeing with everything that the left wants you to agree with right now, uh, I'm just telling you, and I don't, again, I'm not trying to be judgmental in this, but you can't be a follower of Christ if you agree with everything that the left is wanting to do right now. They've, it's just crazy some of the things that they're putting out there. And I, I, I've made this comment a couple of times to different friends of mine, friends of mine, my dad, uh, passed away about 10 years ago. My wife's dad passed away actually coincidentally in the same year. And if they were, if they were able to come back right now out of the grave and see what's going on, they'd say, what in the world are you guys thinking about? I'm telling you folks, our past generations would look at where we're at right now and say, you guys, what, what is going on with you guys? And again, I, I get it. I'm 66 years old and you can think that I'm part of an old, uh, old generation now that just doesn't get it, but you're not going to get me to agree with that because I think people in their 40s and people in their 50s are watching what's going on and, and thinking the same thing that I'm thinking, and that is that, listen, guys, there's only so far we're going to be able to push this to the left before there has to be a breaking point. And um, so I don't ever remember see the seeing the country divided like it is in my lifetime, 
I don't think it, this is something that is sustainable over a period of time, being this divided on so many different issues. And I will tell you another area that we is unsustainable, and that is uh, the, the economic situation that the country is in. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to boil this down to something really, really simple, and that is this. If my wife and I want to buy something, and we may be conservative in the aspect of, and, and by the way, I, I live very well. However, if I don't have the means of paying for something, I'm not going to buy it. And it sounds like such a simple common sense statement, and it is a common sense statement, but you and I, as people who live in the, in the real world, look, I'll just use an example. If you make $100,000 a year and you have a mortgage that's three grand a month and you have three kids, you're probably not going to be going out looking at Bentleys to buy a Bentley to drive. It makes no sense whatsoever. You'd say, well, I'd love to drive a Bentley, but I can't afford to drive a Bentley. I want to drive a nice car. Maybe I'll get me a new Camry. Maybe I'll get me a, a, new, a new Ford F-150 if, you, if you're a truck lover like me. But my point is, is you're going to have to think about what you can reasonably afford. And so as we as individuals and families and communities have to think that way, why is it and how is it that our that our government and our leaders in government don't have that same concept, folks? This, if we stopped spending money right now, as a government, as a nation, it would take generations and generations to get us back where we don't owe any money, and yet um, the debt is being added. If you've ever seen one of those clocks that's got the national debt. You ever try to keep up with that? Because I'm telling you, that clock runs faster than anybody can even imagine. It, 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 it runs faster than your mind can keep up with. And it's just simply not sustainable to continue down that road. I mean, and, and, and again, I'm not trying to be critical. I'm not trying to be judgmental. But how can we continue to send money all over the world for different causes and it, we're sending money that we simply don't have. I mean, when's the last time you heard a politician say to some foreign country or some foreign uh, event or a war to supply a war or anything else, just say, hey, listen, we, we would love to be able to help you, but we don't have any money right now. We, we're, simp- we're, we're broke. We don't have the money to do that. Um, it's crazy from a, fiscal, uh, from a fiscal viewpoint what we're doing to our nation right now is crazy. It's insane. And so um, as I talk about the division in the country, as I, as I stand back and I look at the economic situation that we're in, the, mor- the, the moral uh, situation that we find ourselves in, uh, world events changing the last several years as they have and as they continue to, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to stand back and look at this with clear-eyed glasses and say, guys, does not everybody see that there is something very, very disturbing that's going on right now? And is it not also very evidently uh, apparent to everybody that this is not sustainable, not just as a nation but as a world? We, we as a nation cannot sustain what's happening right now. And, you know, I, I, I had this conversation again with people recently, and I've said, you know, you see those, um, 
DYI projects, uh, and, and they'll show a before and an after. They'll show a before picture of what a maybe a house looked like before they uh, did a big remodel on it, and then they'll show the after. And it's just such a dramatic uh, before and after. And so, I mean, I know what the before was in America, what we, what we've been as a country, but I can't. I, I haven't. I haven't found anybody that can give me a clear-eyed picture of what the after is going to look like. And in my opinion, the after is a very disturbing picture. I mean, how can you destroy what we've had as a nation without knowing what we're going to look like in the future as a nation? And I can tell you, of all the evidence that I see, the after picture is not going to look better than the before picture. And so these are some things that I think about. Um, and, and I will tell you, I want to look it up real quick. I think I know where it's at, but I want to make sure. The Bible says where there is no spiritual guidance or where there is no uh, vision, where there is no vision, the people perish. And what that means is when uh, when there is no uh, spiritual insight, when there is no spiritual guidance, uh, the people perish. And I will tell you that um, we as a nation have lost our way as far as um, the direction that we've headed in as a nation. It also says in Proverbs chapter 16, and this it actually says it in a few different places in Proverbs, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Well, that can also apply to a nation where it could say, there is a way that seems right to a nation, but its way leads to death. And I'm telling you, folks, um, we are in a place right now as a nation where if we can continue down the road that we're headed in, we simply it, it simply is not sustainable. And so um, just something I wanted to take a couple minutes and talk about. I didn't get too much in, into uh, I didn't get too much into um, all the details of some of the things I'm talking about. I'm happy to do that, uh, but I'm trying purposely not to offend anybody in particular. Um, but I will tell you that if we want to talk about the moral issues and the, uh, and the, um, the social issues in our country right now, it's a, and this is one of the areas where we're so divided in, but folks, uh, when we look at some of the, actually, I found that particular verse, it's in Proverbs chapter 29, where it says, where there is no revelation. And that revelation means spiritual insight or vision. And it says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, okay? So what that means is when you don't have any laws in place, when you don't have any any um, uh, any spiritual or moral uh, guidelines in place, the people cast off all restraint. And let me ask you a question. Is that what we're doing as a nation right now? Does it appear that uh, in our society that we've cast off all restraint and that the wheels have come off and now whatever feels good, People are accepting of it. I mean, I, I'm going to go ahead and just get into it a little bit. I never thought I would see the, the, the day where we would allow people to come into our schools and be around our children that are um, men dressing in drag, uh, women, women dressing as men, claiming to be men, men claiming to be women, uh, transvestites coming in, and actually dancing around like they're in a strip club in front of our kids in elementary school. Uh, if, if somebody wants to get upset with me for making that comment or talking about that, I guess, I, I guess go ahead, but what's wrong with us? 
I mean, stop and think about it. What What is wrong with us that we're doing these things, that there are people who want to come in and do these things, but even more so, who's allowing these things to happen? How did we get to this point? And I think it's, we're past the time of stopping and saying, time out, guys. Enough is enough. We can no longer do what we're, what these things that we're doing. And the second part of that, 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 the comment is, where does it end? I mean, is is next going to be bestiality where it's okay to have relations with animals? Because who's to say that's wrong if somebody wants to do that? Where does this end? How far down this moral slide do we have to go? And I think it's a reasonable thing to think about and talk about. My name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. We return to Stand Up For Jesus with Craig Nedro on Christian Talk Radio, The Word, 100.7 FM. Welcome back. This is Stand Up For Jesus, and I'm Craig Nedro. And on the program today, I'm talking about, I called it a Bible buffet. I'm just talking about some different things that are going on in our world today, here in America today. I'm looking at some of these from a biblical viewpoint. And before the break, I was just talking about the fact that in Amos 3 and 3, it says, can two walk together if they are not in agreement? And how divided we are as a nation. And I talked about it a little bit. And then I talked a little bit about some of the social and moral things that we're witnessing in our schools with the children and 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 how far down we're sliding into the uh, into depravity in that area and how astounding it is and how shocking it is. And uh, I, I quoted in Proverbs uh, chapter 29 where it says, where there is no revelation or the, where there is no spiritual insight, the people perish. Or it says in the New King James, where there is no restraint, the people, or, or where there is no revelation, the people cast off all restraint. And I will challenge you that that sounds as what's happened in America today. We've lost our spiritual insight. We no longer believe that the Bible is God's word. We no longer want to live our lives in authority to what God says is right and wrong. And so when that is cast off, when that is gone, when we when you lose your bearings on believing and understanding and trying to live your lives as a society of people in agreement with what God says to do and not to do, with what God says is right and wrong, good and evil, when you cast that off, when you when there is when you lose that revelation of what I just mentioned, the people cast off all restraint, and it's like anything goes. And, and that doesn't it feel like that's where we're at right now? And look, I mentioned before. I'll mention again. I, I'm 66 years old, and I made a comment to my wife recently, and I don't mean this in a morbid way, but I told her I said I'm glad I'm 66 years old because at the rate of in the direction we're headed. And at the rate that we're headed to there, what is this place going to look like in another, I don't know, 10 years? How about another 25 years? How about another 35 or 40 years? Can it, and, and I mentioned before on those DYI programs, you see a picture of before and then a picture of after. And I know what the picture of the before America looked like the last 20 or 30 or 40 years. What a great place it, it, it's been to grow up in and live in. But can somebody give me an accurate picture of what the next 20 or 30 or 40 years is going to look like? Because every picture that I can conjure up in my head is pretty ugly. It's pretty, um, it's despair. 
It's, um, hate to say it, it's demonic. And there is a spiritual battle going on for the fabric of America right now between good and evil, uh, between right and wrong, darkness and light. And, you know, again, as as a believer in Christ, and I don't apologize that I believe that Jesus is coming back sometime soon, don't know, can't give you the day, the hour, the week, the month, the year, but I believe Jesus is coming back soon. And I'm encouraged by, in that aspect, I'm encouraged by all the things that I see. But as a father and a grandfather, my heart grieves for my kids and my grandkids. And and, and if Christ uh, tarries and doesn't come back soon, my heart grieves for what the world and this country is going to look like for my kids and for my grandkids in so many different areas, starting with the financial uh, outlook for this nation then the moral, moral, moral outlook for this country, the social outlook for this country. Um, we are losing our independence. We are going to, uh, the, the value of the dollar is going down, but not just the value of the dollar. The dollar is soon going to be replaced as the world currency, and people have no idea what's going to happen to the dollar once the, the dollar is no longer the world currency. And when it does happen, people are going to go, well, I can't believe this. I mean, how? What, what do you mean? What do you mean we can't do this? What do you mean this? Folks, there is a storm coming. You think COVID was bad? COVID was just a, a, a rehearsal. COVID was just a rehearsal for what's coming down the road. And I don't mean to be a doom and gloom, but I'm telling you, take, take the blinders off and look what's happening in our world and in our nation in particular from so many different viewpoints right now, and forget about political candidates, forget about politics as far as which party. Look at the whole the whole system is corrupt. Both political parties are corrupt. Uh, the leaders in this country are corrupt. Um, when you look at those issues and the depravity and the slide. And everything else that's going on, look at it with through clear eyes and tell me that I'm wrong. I'm not again, I'm not trying to be critical. So I want to take a couple minutes. I want to transition from there into uh, something else, another situation that we find ourselves in as believers in Christ, that I never thought that I would be able to see this, even though it's in scripture. I'm going to give you a couple of places where uh, Jesus said this in more than one place. Well, it's it's listed in more than one place. But in Matthew chapter 10, um, when Jesus is talking about the signs of the very last days, Jesus says in uh, chapter 10 of Matthew, I'm, I'm going to begin reading um, in verse 21, and Jesus said, Now brother will deliver up brother to death. And a father his children, and children children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. Well, we're not, I don't think we're quite there, but we're, I don't think we're very far away from there. And then he says in verse 22, and you will be hated by all for my namesake. You know, when I, I remember reading this for a long time and I thought, I don't, not in America. I mean, maybe over in some Muslim countries, but I don't think in America we'll ever get to the place where we'll actually be hated for the name of Christ, for, for Jesus' namesake. He all, it's also recorded over in uh, the 21st chapter of Luke 
and in the 20, 21st chapter of Luke, it says, um, I'll, start, I'll back up and, and read a little bit more. Well, in verse uh, 16, he says, you'll be betrayed even by parents and brothers, relatives and friends, and they will put, put some of you to death, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. So it's recorded twice in, in, the, in the Gospels that the time will come when we as followers of Christ will be hated for the name of Jesus. And I can tell you we're there now. Now, you may live in an environment where your close circle of friends are all Christians, and you may even work in a Christian uh, company that uh, you guys have prayer time or that you can talk about uh, Jesus and talk about the Bible at work. And if you do, you're very fortunate, and God bless you. But I will tell you, in in the majority of situations now, you uh, can be not just ridiculed, but you can be persecuted. And when I say persecuted, we really don't know what persecuted means in the United States yet. Uh, I don't know if any, of anybody actually being put to death for the name of Jesus yet, but I can see it happening now when I never could even have imagined it before. But here's, here's a, I'm going to, I mentioned all that to mention this. Sometime when you know you're standing in the middle of a mixed crowd, um, maybe it's at work and you work in a secular place or you work in a place where you know there are believers and non-believers and a, a, a wide variety of people. And you maybe you're standing around in the morning and everybody's in the break room having coffee or everybody's sitting around. And maybe it's at a boardroom and but the meeting hadn't started and there's 20 people in this in this meeting room and everybody's getting ready to have a meeting, but it hadn't started yet. I challenge you sometime, um, first of all, bring up religion. Just bring up religion in general and let me know how, how that conversation goes. And if that conversation is okay, then actually maybe bring up God. Mention God. Maybe start by saying, hey, has anybody seen the movie that God, God's not dead? And just see, and, and see if people start getting uncomfortable in the middle of the room. Then if that, if, you, if that goes well, I'm going to challenge you to go one, one level deeper. Why don't you say, hey, has anybody seen the, the, the series The Chosen or The Jesus Revolution? Man, I saw The Jesus Revolution, and that was awesome. Man, I, 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 don't you love it when we get to hear how people come to Christ? You know, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and Jesus changed my life. Go down this road and let me know how it goes. And I will tell you that you will not get very far down that road now. And this is a sad testimony to our country, that this is the place that we've gotten. And I believe that when Jesus said, you will be hated by all nations for my namesake, uh, th- that's what he's talking about. There would, t- there would come a time when people would literally hate us for be- be- knowing that we are followers of Christ. And thank God it's not everybody. Thank God that it may, it may not even be the majority, but I believe that we are now, if we're not in the majority, of, if the majority of people don't look down their nose at people who want to talk about Christ, if we're not in that minority yet, we're very close to being in that minority. And so, again, I grew up in America. I grew up in Dallas, Texas, and it seemed like there was a church on just about every corner. And the fact that we're at at this point now here in, in Dallas, in Texas, what's it like in, and I'm just, I'm, I'm not picking on anybody, I'm, any area in particular, but what's it like in um, Venice, California? What's it like in Portland, Oregon? What's it like in Minneapolis, Minnesota? 
Uh, what's it like in uh, in the, in Queens of New York? Uh, what what what's it like in Canada? Can, do you get even more resistance there than you would here talking about Christ and and being bold in your faith? Can you imagine if in one of these meetings you said, "Hey, before the meeting starts, does anybody mind if we can we take a couple minutes in prayer?" Try that. Let me know how that works out for you. Because I do it a lot, and I can tell you, it, it it's almost like you you can see the people immediately that are comfortable with it and go, "Yeah, we'd yeah, let's let's pray before the meeting." But you can also see the people that almost like, guys, I'm go I'm going in underneath the table if this is what you're getting ready to do. Ask in a meeting or in a mixed group next time. Say, hey, is there anything we can pray about? Uh, or, hey, how about how about if we just take a minute and pray about this? And, and, and I'd be curious how that goes for you. This is, this is where we're at as a nation. And it is sad to me. It is concerning to me. It is evident to me. And I know that as people who listen to my program, I know that most of you share these same feelings. I'm going to take my second break and come back. My name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. More of Craig Nedro and Stand Up For Jesus on Christian Talk Radio. The Word, 100.7 FM. Welcome back. This is Stand Up For Jesus, and my name is Craig Nedro. We're looking at some different scriptures and in relation to kind of what's going on right now in America, kind of what's going on in the world today. Um, and I've talked a little bit about the where we're at from a uh, an economic standpoint, from a spiritual standpoint, from a more more morally and a society viewpoint. I talked about how Jesus said that we would be hated by all nations for his namesake. I want to kind of shift gears now and I want to talk about something that uh if you haven't been hearing about it, you certainly will. I actually preached on this recently um and when I told the pastor what I wanted to preach on, he goes, "Man, I would love to hear a sermon on that." And I was a little bit surprised how receptive uh, the church was, the whole congregation was to this. And that is that I that I did a um, a biblical. I wanted to take a biblical viewpoint and talk about what we now hear in the in the um, in the media, in our world that we're going to continue to hear about. That's really going to explode more and more. And that is the topic of artificial intelligence or AI. So if you look up the word artificial in the Webster Dictionary, that that definition for artificial is man-made. So right there, if you think about AI, artificial intelligence, and look at it and and say man-made intelligence, if you really stop and think about it from a spiritual viewpoint, that's kind of all you need to know. But um, here's in the sermon that I preached in this church recently, I want to I want to flip over and I want to read something to you because I think it would apply to this conversation I'm having right now. I I I said there's five reasons that I wanted to teach on that and preach on that subject and I want to just read these with you right now. Number one reason I think it's important that we talk about AI as believers in Christ is because number one it's exploding on the scene right now. Again, um, I actually had a lady in front of the church. I was standing out in front of the church talking to the pastor, and a lady was out there, and somebody mentioned, um, asked what my sermon was going to be about, and I said, well, the title of the sermon is Let's Talk About AI. And she goes, what is AI? 
And somebody standing there goes, you don't, you don't know what AI? And she goes, no, what is AI? I feel like an idiot. And I said, no, you're not an idiot, but AI uh, stands for artificial intelligence. And so, but I thought it was revealing that this lady did not know what AI is. And um, it's, it's exploding on the scene right now as we speak. Number two, the reason I think it's important that we talk about it, many people don't really understand what it is and the dangers that it pose, poses. Let me tell you something, folks. You're going to learn more about AI whether you want to or not, and I want to encourage you and challenge you to begin to learn about AI because you need, as a follower of Christ, you know, we're, the Bible tell, talks about us having a, a certain discernment of followers of Jesus, and we're called to have a certain spirit of discernment in our lives. And when you pray for discernment, as I do, and you begin to look and learn about AI, uh, and I'll get to this last point, uh, no, uh, num- point number four here in just a second. But it's important that we learn about it uh, and understand what it is and the dangers it possesses. P- uh, number three on my list here is I said it will very quickly have more impact on our lives than we can even imagine. You know, we hear of things called Siri or Alexa, and that's an example of AI. But let me tell you something, folks. Just looking at certain websites and navigating certain websites, you're – your AI is inv- involved in controlling that, and you have no idea the level that AI is going to play in our lives in a very short time. Number four, and this is a bold statement I'm going to make, AI is demonic. It's of the devil. And you might say, well, Craig, there's some good things that can came, come out of AI. I mean, AI could be great for medicine, uh, medical advancements that could help us cure some things. I agree. But just because there are a few good things doesn't mean that that makes it good. See, the devil is subtle. The devil is crafty. And he, he, he will create something that has a few positive attributes. So we'll go, oh, we see the good positive attributes. So, yeah, we'll go ahead and put up with this. And the devil sits there and laughs because the devil knows that all that is is he's luring you into, into the cage. He'll put food in the cage to lure you into the cage and let, until that door closes behind you. I'm telling you, uh, and, and I'm, you've probably already understood it if you've done any studying. If not, you've heard it here first. AI is demonic. And lastly, I think it's important that we look at AI from a biblical standpoint, okay? We want to look at everything through the lens of, our, of, the, through the lens of what the Bible says about it. So that's the last thing I want you to know is that I believe that uh, we need to understand AI from a biblical standpoint. Now, I want to share a scripture with you. And uh, so if you if you want to flip over there and read it, that's great. But I'm just going to go ahead and go to this particular verse. And I'm going to go to Daniel chapter 12. And in Daniel chapter 12, here's the scenario. Um, the angel Gabriel was talking to Daniel and explaining to Daniel uh, what some of the visions that Daniel had had meant. And he's describing some of the things uh, that uh, and it's called prophecy. Uh, Gabriel is explaining some future prophecy to Daniel uh, because Daniel didn't understand some of the things that he was seeing. And in uh, Daniel chapter 12, uh, the angel Gabriel speaking to Daniel, and I'm going to read, start reading in verse 4. And in Daniel chapter 12, verse 4, here's what the Bible says. Remember, this is a, the angel Gabriel speaking to Daniel. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. 
Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. So let me just teach on that verse for a couple of minutes. First of all, uh, Gabriel said to Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book. In other words, close up the, what we, the, the words of this of, of what you've been watching and what, you, what I've given you revelation on. Close this book of prophecy up uh, until the time of the end. And if you look at that word, that phrase, time of the end, and look at it in the, from the original Hebrew language, what that means is till the very, very, very end of time. And when, when the Bible gives reference to the end of time, it either means uh, just before the second return of Christ as far as the rapture goes and or the, 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 just right at the end of the time before the second advent when Christ comes back with the church at the end of the seven-year tribulation period. When the Bible says it makes a reference to the very, very end of days or in, as Paul says in Timothy and some other places, the latter days, it means the very, very end of something. So Gabriel is telling Daniel, close up these words of this book until the very, very end of the days. And I will challenge you, those are the days we're living in now. And he says, many shall run to and fro. So see, back before about 1900, most people traveled on either camel or horseback or walked and if somebody traveled 30 miles in a day, that was getting it pretty good. So if we look at our world today, I'm just going to use my wife and I as an example. We recently went on a trip to Greece, and uh, we got on a plane um, uh, in the afternoon in Dallas, Texas, and it was an overnight flight, and we woke up the next morning, and we were in Paris at 9 o'clock the next morning. See, before the last 75 to 100 years, that was unheard of. And now people travel greater distances and more frequently than any time in the history of mankind. Never before could people travel uh, hundreds of th- hundreds or and thousands of miles literally in a short time. You couldn't w- uh, you couldn't wake up in Dallas or go to sleep in Dallas and wake up in Europe. Just something that wasn't conceivable. And then here it says also uh, in Daniel chapter four verse twelve. I, I mean uh, chapter twelve verse four. It says, knowledge shall increase. And that, when it says knowledge shall increase, that word increase, in, again, in the original Hebrew language, means explode exponentially. Now, when the Bible says that knowledge shall explode exponentially in the very last days, I'm going to say this quickly because I need to take one more break. But when it says it's going to explode exponentially, Here's what this means. I'm going to give you an example. In the, in the year 1900, the experts say that at that time, it took 50 years for knowledge to double. And by the year 1950, it took 25 years for knowledge to double. By the year 2000, they said it took an average of 33 days for knowledge to double. And now they say knowledge doubles in about every 13 hours. That's amazing if you stop and think about what I just said. And with computers and now with AI, they're literally saying that because, look, AI and computers, when we're sleeping, when we're playing ball, when we're going to church, when we're working, computers are learning. They're teaching them. It's learning over and over and over 24-7. Folks, we're living in a time where knowledge is doubling in literally every day. This is exactly what Gabriel said to, to Daniel when he said knowledge will explode. Knowledge will increase. We're living in these days right now. 
I'm going to take my last break. My name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. Back to Stand Up For Jesus with Craig Nedro on Christian Talk Radio, The Word, 100.7 FM. Welcome back. This is Stand Up For Jesus. I'm Craig Nedro. On the program today, I was going to talk a little bit about the book that I've got coming out. Just so you know, many years ago, I was encouraged to write a book by my wife and some other people about my testimony about how Jesus saved my life. Um, uh, Salem Communications, where my program is on right here, uh, 100.7 FM, The Word, uh, called me into a meeting, and they said, do you know that we own the largest Christian broadcasting uh, publishing company on the planet? And I said, I did not know that. They said, yeah, it's called Zulon Press. And I said, okay, and you tell me that for what reason? And they said, we we think you need to write a book, and if you write it, we'd like to publish it. Long story short, I wrote a book called Free Indeed, and Zulon Press published the book. It got nominated for a Christian Writers Award, and I actually won uh, won a Christian Writers Award, which is crazy because I don't I don't know how to write a book. Well, uh, at the time, my wife said, "You know, you've got three books in you," and I said, "Well, let's keep that between ourselves." Long story short, I had people ask me, "When are you going to write your next book?" And I said, "Whenever I feel like the Lord's leading me to write it." And I feel like the Lord has recently, in the last about about the last eight or nine months, led me to write my second book, and I've finished writing it. Uh, we're in publishing; uh, it's in at the publisher right now. I don't know when it's going to come out, but I will tell you that um, the second book is getting ready to be released. And um, so, I, in the, I was going to talk a little bit about more about it on the program today. I've talked about it in recent weeks. I'll be, be uh, continue to talk about it in weeks coming. But I do want to mention this. If you've if you've listened to this program or if you've heard me talk about the book or any of those things concerning that, if you want to get on a list to, for us to send you a book, and I'm not trying to sell you books. I'm going to tell you something. I give thousands of books away. But if, if you're interested in getting a copy of the book when it comes out here in the next hopefully 60 to 90 days, you can send me a text and say, I'm interested in getting a copy of your second book. And we'll reach out to you, and we'll make arrangements for you to get a book. And if you want to send me a text, you can send it to 469-688-7615. Once again, if you'd like a copy of the the book when it comes out here in the next couple of months, uh, it's my second book that I've written, you send, me, send me a text and say, here's my contact information. Here's my name and my address and my phone number. Uh, I'd like a copy of your, of your book when it comes out. Text that to 469 469- Six eight eight seven six one five, and we'll make sure that when that book gets published, you get a copy. I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, I'm on every Sunday from noon to one on one hundred point seven FM. The Word. They also play it a couple other times during the week, and I appreciate you tuning in. My name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up for Jesus. You've been listening to Stand Up for Jesus with Craig Nedro, founder of Craig Nedro Ministries and Stand Up for Jesus. If you would like more information about Craig Nedro Ministries and Stand Up for Jesus, visit our website at craignedroministries.org or give us a call at area code 469-688-7615. Be sure to listen next week at this same time as we Stand Up for Jesus on Christian Talk Radio, The Word, 100.7 FM. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.